Well, I'm going to first just state the obvious because we all know and I just want to get it out of the way. But it's been a stormy 16 months. Can I get an amen? amen? Right? There's the pandemic, but apparently that wasn't enough. So then we had some civil unrest, but that wasn't enough. So we had some political unrest and a crazy election. And now there's a mental health crisis. Like those are the big things. But that doesn't even get to like the personal things, to job loss, to stress with families who have found themselves in their homes together all the time. I remember early on in the pandemic, there was this video that this comedian did and she was praying to God and she was like, I am not a school teacher, I am not a cafeteria weaker, and you better do something because I don't look good in orange. It's hilarious, right? Poor, I mean parents, my parents had to live with me for 24-7. And then, of course, there's those who are struggling with depression, with anxiety, as we try to face all that the world is right now. But I'm not going to talk so much about the storms, because we all know. We all know that when we're talking about storms in the Bible, we're not talking about some sort of allegorical meaning. We're talking about the real life, everyday things that we encounter. So what does this story tell us about Jesus and about us as followers of Jesus? So I want to spend some time talking about Jesus' actions on this evening when the storm came up and the people were afraid and what that means for us when we find ourselves in the midst of storms. And as we find ourselves in the midst of storms as people who claim to follow Jesus and claim to lead with grace and love. So Mark tells us that on that day, Jesus had spent the whole day teaching in parables. In that part of Mark, Jesus teaches with a whole bunch of parables, and now with this particular miracle, we're switching to the way Jesus teaches with miracles. But Jesus has spent the whole day teaching, so it was on that day, when evening had come, Jesus says to them, let us go across to the other side. And of course, the other side is where the Gentiles live, and where we're going to see all sorts of miracles in the coming weeks that Jesus does. But as a friend was reading that to me, that gospel lesson to me as we were driving somewhere. I thought, you know what? <laughs> that sounds like where we are right now in our life, in our world. It feels like we're getting to the other side of the pandemic, but getting there doesn't feel necessarily easy. Well, it certainly wasn't easy for those disciples, was it? In the boat on the sea that day? I read one commentator who was incredulous that the disciples or that Jesus didn't see the storm coming. He was from Kansas, you know, where you can see anything coming. But let me tell you about the storms on the Sea of Galilee. So in 2012, my very first trip to the Holy Land, we were at the Sea of Galilee, and we were touring the churches, and we were walking down the Mount of Olives, not the Mount of Olives, we were walking down the Mount, um, and early on it was kind of misty, so we had some of our rain gear with us, but then as we were walking down, after we had communion together on the mountain, we um, 
it was sunny, it was beautiful. So we ditched all our rain gear and we continued on to one of the chapels there. And as we're coming out of the chapels, suddenly, and I mean suddenly, it was like that. Clouds came and rain poured like a deluge, like we were soaked to the bone. We were <laughs> and none of us had anything because we had left it on there because it was sunshiny and warm. And then just as quickly, it was gone. That's not unusual for the Sea of Galilee. You can't see it coming. And this storm that we hear about in Mark is make the fishermen scared. It was big and it was scary. And we can find ourselves in those moments in our lives when we're scared, when there's a cancer diagnosis, when we lose our job, when our kids are sick and we don't know why, when a global pandemic hits, when the economy tanks, when our partner decides they no longer love us, when a mass shooting happens and hits maybe a little bit too close to home. These all produce some kind of fear in us. But mostly I think, as I've been thinking about this fear, it's fear of the unknown, of being out of control, of being uncomfortable, of being alone in our fear. Jesus may have been asleep in that boat, and the disciples may have been incredulous that he was asleep during this big storm. But Jesus is still there. Theologian Demi, Debbie Thomas says this, Consider this, in Mark's story of the storm, the obvious, the wholly unlooked fact is that Jesus is just as present in the raging water as he is in the soothing calm that follows. Despite the disciples' inability to perceive it, there is no point in the night when God is absent or even distant. In that vulnerable boat, surrounded by that swelling, terrifying water, the disciples are in the intimate company of Jesus. He rests in their midst, but tossed as they are, soaked as they are soaked. Jesus is there, as soaked as they are, tossed around as they are. That, dear friends, is the good news, that we are not alone. You are not alone in the midst of whatever storm you may be facing. So often we hear messages that tell us that we are, Sometimes they come from inside of us, sometimes they come from outside of us, but that just isn't true. You can tell that voice, stop it, you're a liar. That's what I tell some voices in my head. Because right? you are not alone, Jesus is there. It may seem that Jesus doesn't care. Right? I mean, Jesus was sleeping in the boat. The disciples had a reason to be like, what's going on, why don't you care? And Jesus stands up, soaked, and says, peace, be still, to that which causes fear. Now, I know that when we're facing those storms, when we get that cancer diagnosis, when we're wondering if a loved one is going to die from a pandemic, from a virus that's sweeping across the world, 
that nobody can actually feel those feelings for us. But I also know there are others who can imagine what it feels like, who have been there, who have felt it too. Because here in this place, I have watched time and time again as you all rise to the challenge of walking with other siblings in Christ as they face the fear of a storm as it comes. And you get as wet as they do as you walk with them. You are the hope. You are the thing that holds that fear at bay as you walk with each other as you remind each other of Christ's presence and peace. Did you also notice that it's only after Jesus calmed the storm, it was only after Jesus met those disciples in their fear and created peace in its place, that Jesus turns to talk to them about what just happened? I think so often we rush to admonition. Right? We think Jesus says, why don't you have any faith? Shame on you. But I don't think that's what Jesus is doing here. I think instead his question is an invitation. An invitation to take stock, to reflect, to learn. You know, the disciples aren't too terribly smart in Mark. And Mark never talks about them as faithful people. But I think Jesus saw in them the capability and the capacity for faith. And in this moment says, you have faith. Why were you afraid? Jesus has been with us throughout the storms of the last 16 months. And I think now, in this time, we are called to take stock. Now is the time to begin to reflect on these past 16 months, what have we learned? What scares us now? I think we as a church are called to do that same thing. Towards the end of worship, Pastor Stanton is gonna ask you what you think we should be focused on in 2022. But I think, you know, when we, before the pandemic, we were already talking about what does it mean for First Lutheran to be a place where everyone is welcome. But I think that has taken on a different dimension now that we're 16 months on the other side of everything that we've been in. Because there have been deep differences revealed this last year. Differences that exist between members of this congregation. And the ways the rhetoric of our day encourages us to dismiss or even worse, dehumanize the other side would say we couldn't be church together. And yes, Jesus speaks peace to the storms that divide us and asks us why we're afraid to be together, to talk about the important things, to consider what it is that God is calling us to and how we can move more deeply into our faith, into the one who speaks peace. It is the God of all creation, even the storms, that is with us. And Jesus, being who Jesus is, will call us into a deeper understanding of loving neighbor, 
a way that calls us to walk with people, to listen and to be at peace with each other, even if it means we're not so comfortable. I've been thinking about this for my own life. As a leader, as a follower of Jesus, what does it mean when Jesus says, love your neighbor, and my neighbor drives me crazy? And I can't understand. It means love my neighbor. It means opening myself up to what is being said, to seeing Christ in that person. And I may never agree with that person, but I do know that Jesus died for that person as well and that we can love each other through these differences. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, which is the accompanying verse for this verse, he's talking to the Corinthians and he's, he's telling them what it's been like to serve with them. That they have, these disciples, has opened their hearts up to them. And even though people are saying they're crazy, even though they're saying that they're, they're not, they don't know what they're talking about, or they say, I mean, I have the list here, that even though they have been working in honor, they're called dishonorable. And even though they are of good repute, people are saying they're ill repute. They're treated as imposters, as unknown, and yet they are well known, as dying. But see, we are alive, Paul says, as punished, and yet we're not killed, as sorrowful, and yet we are always rejoicing, as poor, and yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing everything. And Paul says, we are spoken frankly to you with our heart wide open to you. And as I digest that, I think that's what we will face in the coming days and weeks and months and years. As we continue to seek how to be a faithful fellowship of Christ followers in this place where we do say we will love our neighbor and all will be welcome here. And we together will learn what it means to follow Jesus. That people are going to say, no. When we say there must be peace, they will say there is war. And together we will stand in the face of that and cry peace. When we say the hungry need to be fed, and outside they say, no, they'll figure it out themselves. We stand here and we say, no, we will feed the hungry who may be in our midst. Dear friends, we are on the other side of the storm, but that doesn't mean it's easy. I read somewhere that the hardest time to be a sailor is when there is no wind. And here are the disciples in the boat with Jesus, I'm assuming in the middle of the lake, with no wind. It's not going to be easy for them. And yet Jesus is there with them to guide them and lead them just as much as he is with us. As we seek to be a welcoming community, to love each other the way Christ loved us, and to stand together against the storms that will come upon us. Amen.